0: Let me just tell you a little bit about me so you know why I'm here and why I do what I do. I live just north of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, My husband and I have eight children and six grandchildren, and in 1995, I was a patient in a mental hospital, so welcome to your afternoon session. So that's my story, and I hope you won't think I'm too flip about mental illness, but if you do, I will still say, that's my story, that's how I share it. And that's the story that brings me to you today. I am particularly sensitive to this story today as I share a more tragic story with you. So welcome, friends, to Consider Yourself Hugged, Episode 20. Today's hug, living your beliefs, a lesson from suicide. I'm Dr. Tammy West here every week to bring you tips on living a life that brings you mental and emotional well-being. Today's episode will be a little bit rough, but I promise it is going to be interjected full of hope. October twenty third, 2013, I get a phone call from my youngest 21-year-old son telling me his friend had taken his own life. I had no words. I had no tears. I had no reaction. It was just shock. I mean, I never heard those words before, at least not from someone close to us, close to our family. And this young man, and I am not using his name out of respect for his family, but he was a close friend of Michael's, my son's. He had been to our home many times. He had vacationed with Michael. So at the memorial service, Michael was in pain. He was in tears, and the only thing that I could think to tell him to, to make him feel better was, well, we know where he is. And then he said something that absolutely rocked my world. He said, Mom, he didn't believe in God. Oftentimes when I am preparing for our episodes, for our time together, I will at least make some notes. You know, I'm not a big note reader. I'm not a big structure kind of person, but at least I'll have some ideas, you know, of how I want things to go and what I want to say. And this time I didn't except for trying to remember our beginning and trying to remember our end so I don't forget to tell you anything. I just, I want this to be authentic and I want it to come from my heart. Now, to be fair, having said that, I've shared this story, I don't even know, probably 50 times around the country in different sessions because I definitely want there to be hope and good things to come from this young man's death. So after the memorial service, I think it was probably the next Sunday, and I went to church, and I am a Christian, okay, this is this is my faith, my belief system. So I went to church, and I found myself, like, angry, angry at the pastor, sorry, Pastor Dan, if you're listening, angry at the message, I don't even know, let's say the message was about... I don't know, difficult times in your life. I'm just making this part up. I don't even remember. So let's just say it's about if you're having a tough time in your marriage or your finances or your job. Let's just say it was that. I don't know. So I'm I'm angry at the message. I'm angry at the congregation singing and worshiping and raising their hands and just being so holy and Christian and by the way, I'm just setting the stage here for how angry I was, and I, I think I was angry because I'm looking around, and I'm almost like, like above myself and watching everything outside of my body, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, if we really believe what we say we believe, we are not acting that way, and what I mean is this. If you are a Christian, if you follow the Bible, you follow Jesus, you're a Christian, Then you believe, and if you're not and you're listening, you still probably know that we believe in the concept of heaven and hell. And we believe the way to get to heaven is through belief in Jesus. And so I'm thinking about this poor young man. And I had never encountered someone in my world who had died and did not believe. Okay, no, and I'm not even talking about any belief in suicide at all and what happens there. I'm just talking about not believing in, in Jesus Christ, not believing in God at all. And so there I was wondering, well, where is he? What is happening to this, to this boy? What has happened? So I start reaching out to my Christian friends, who, by the way, I love all of them, the advice did not really help me. The advice was very, like stated in a very kind way, but it was, well, the Bible is clear about heaven and hell. I'm really sorry. And I'm thinking, okay, so would you like me to sit down with this this boy's mother who's just devastated and distraught and say, gosh, I'm really sorry, mom, but we know where your son is. Listen, I was just dying inside. I thought, what is wrong with all of these people in the world do we really really believe because if we really believe in heaven and hell well then we must hate everyone in our world if we're not if we're not acting in such a way that brings them in that direction I hope that makes sense well this went on for a period of time I don't really remember how long until my sweet wonderful husband sat down with me and said you have to stop You have to get a grip. I know that this is so upsetting to you, and I know you're confused. He said, but you don't know what was going on between him and God before he died. You have no idea what was going on in his life. You don't know how God was working with him. You're not going to know, and you have to stop being mad at the world. And I agreed with him. He said then, If this is so important to you, then you're the one who's going to have to make a change. And as often happens in life, as God often does, he brought me away to make that change. So at the time, I was still doing some contract seminar work with a company called National Seminars. You may have heard of them. And one of the things that we did as trainers with that company is we had products that we had to sell from the back of the room. And so I always wanted to read or listen, if it was audios, um, to the products that came across my particular path and my topics. I wanted to make sure I knew what they were and that I actually used them before I sold them. So this product comes across my email that was, I, I don't know if it was new, but it was one that I needed to begin selling for my particular topic and was called Emotional Power by Karen Marzo. By the way, I'm going to put a link to that product in the show notes So if you're interested, you can definitely order that. And I'll be honest, and listen, if y'all are honest with yourself, you probably do the same thing in certain areas of life. When I saw the name Emotional Power, my first thought was, ugh, listen, this is what I, I was already, I think I had just started maybe going back to school or was thinking about it. And obviously, you know, my study is like stress and emotions. I had been studying it for years because of the hospitalization, the anxiety, the depression. So I thought, What does this random person have to offer me that I don't already know? And I didn't really like think it on a conscious level, but deep down I was definitely thinking it. So, but still, I listened to it because if I'm going to sell it, I want to know what it's all about. And it really changed my world. And Karen Marzo, if you're listening, I'm going to try to reach out to you. Um, I have been promoting this in my sessions for a long time. Uh, this particular this activity, and your your audio series. So the activity, I'm going to explain it to you first. If you want to pause and do it before you listen on, that would be amazing. Um, I think that's probably a better way to do it because you won't be like, like influenced in any way by the way my activity went. But you know, feel free to just completely listen. And then I, I recommend you go back and do it later. So in the activity, what you do is you take a piece of paper and you fold it in half lengthwise and widthwise. I don't know, or the other way around. It doesn't matter. But fold is so that when you open it back up, it has four squares because of your fold. I will post some pictures in the show notes because sometimes when I do this, it really does require a visual. a visual. So you fold it, you crease it pretty good so that you have four squares. You open it up And the first thing that I will want you to do that Karen taught me is think of the four most important areas of your life right now and write one in each of those four squares. And I think she said this. I don't know if I made this up, but just as an example, if it's your children, don't put like one child's name in each square. Just put children. But right now, what are the four most important areas of your life? I'm going to pause for just long enough for me to say pause, but don't take any longer than about 30 seconds, maybe a minute to do this. Okay. Okay. Welcome back. So here's what I do when I'm doing it in sessions. Um, And you can answer out loud, just like we've done some before. Are you a busy person? You're probably saying yes, right? Everybody's busy. You're a busy, busy person. You have a lot of things to do. Maybe you have a job and a family. Maybe you're a mom. Maybe you're a dad, a grandparent, you're whatever. You have a lot of things in your life. You don't have time for four important areas of your life. That is absolutely ridiculous to think anybody has time to devote to four areas of life. So, what I want you to do is pick the one that, if you had to let go, you would let go first, and I want you to physically rip it off. I know, you're gasping, you don't want to do it. I have people across the country who flat out refuse to do it. But listen, no one has to know what you tore. And I'm not saying they are going. I'm just saying in your mind, if you let one go first, what would it be? Rip it off. Okay, I paused for the rip because it needs to be quick. Now, you're busy, right? Right are you busy? You have so much going on. Who in the world has time for even three important areas of life? That's not the world in which we live. You don't have time for three. So if one had to go, which one would come next? And I want you to physically rip it off. I know it's getting harder. Okay, you've ripped. You're angry. Are you busy? you're busy. We all have so many things. You don't even have time for two important areas of life. So whichever one would go next, physically rip it off. I wish I could hear it. Rip, rip, rip. Okay. Either you did it or you're sitting there staring at it, refusing to do it. This was so huge for me for several different reasons. You are writing it. So you're using your like you know, your, your sense of movement and touch. You're seeing it as you write it. You're hearing things as we're talking about it. And then that whole physical rip, it really should make an impression on you. It really did on me. Let me tell you how mine went and then relate it back to our story of my son's friend and living your beliefs. So here are the four things I put And I'm going to put pictures of that and the rip and everything. I'll put all that in the show notes. The four things that I wrote at the time, and so this has been six years ago. Things do change, by the way. But the four things I wrote were God, my marriage, my children's college debt, and my career. All right. When I ripped, here's, here's the progression of how I ripped. The first thing to be ripped off was my career, gone. The second thing, my kids' college debt. And so I should say, by the time I did this, my kids were all out of the house. So I could have just put children, but I knew the thing that was weighing on me the most. Um, I didn't plan in my marriage before, as they were children and growing up. I didn't plan as well as I wanted to for their college. But I encouraged them to go to college, and now they all have more debt than I really wanted. And it weighs on me and it still does. But that went next. And then my marriage, leaving God. And some of you are probably nodding your heads. Oh my gosh, you know, that was close to mine. Mine had to do with family or jobs or God. And it it went that general direction. So there you have it. The four things that I proclaimed were the most important things to me at that time. And then I actually ordered them. So now the next thing that you have to do is, I mean, you can probably guess, then you have to look at your life to see if your life is lining up with what you just said you believed in. For most of us, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't know. For many of us, the answer is probably going to be no. It's just maybe we haven't thought of it. We just don't always make those things priority. So I'm not going to talk about all the lessons, okay, You know which one I'm probably going to talk about, but some of the lessons, just as a quick overview, um, my career, I ripped off first, but not only was I traveling two or three weeks a month, I was also living and eating and breathing work when I was home. But I said that it was like the least important of those four. And even though my marriage was wonderful, I realized that I wasn't focusing on it as much as I said, considering it was the second most important area of my entire life. Let's get to what I said was the most important and relate this back to our beginning story. Um, it was interesting that after the suicide and, and after doing this activity, my eyes became open to so many things in my world that I had not noticed before. It's like it brought everything to the forefront of my life. Part of that, well, two things come to mind. One was my mother. Now, my mother was still living at the time. And I've talked a lot about my mom. So if you don't, if you don't know that story, I'll post the because I don't remember now that we're up to episode 20. It's kind of hard to remember specifically the title of every episode. So but I'll, I'll put in the show notes, links back to the story of mom. But the short story is it wasn't good growing up. And she didn't, she didn't raise us necessarily in the way that you would want to be raised as a child. Um, but I was an adult at this point, And my mom was still doing things that drove me crazy. And I began to notice the way I was reacting to her. Okay, so if I say God is first in my life, if I profess to live by the Bible and be a follower of Christ, here I was not honoring my mother getting angry all the time by the simplest of things, not being patient, not being kind. Now, and I say this all the time when I talk about being patient and kind, I'm not saying be a doormat at all. I am saying we have to make some decisions in our lives about how we are going to act toward people in certain situations. And this is my mother. My mother is getting older. My mother is sick. My mother needs more help from us than she ever has in her life. And so here I was being rude to her. I would answer the phone. Hello, you know, with just utmost of irritation. I was snippy with her. Is this going to help her in her life? Is this going to bring her closer to God? Is this going to help her look at me and say, oh, she's different. I want what she has. Is this going to make her feel um, loved and comfortable In the end years of her life, no. I needed to make some changes. And so I did. And it wasn't easy. Look, I was not perfect for sure. But at least at this point, I knew that there were differences. I knew that there were changes I needed to make. I simply, I need to speak to her differently. I needed to process things about her differently. I needed to try to control my anger and my tongue and all of those things. Because I just said that God was more important than anything in my life. Was I living to my beliefs? I was not. But like my husband reminded me, I needed to make a change. Because all this time, you know, I'm wondering, well, where is, where is, did God work with him? Were there people in his life that showed him that love? I, I don't know, but I could do that. So that's one change that I needed to make. Now, the second story that came about soon after this wasn't family. Um, it was actually someone I met in a seminar when I was out on the road, and it was a it was a multi day seminar. And I had shared. Sometimes I share things about my faith. I'm not preaching or anything, but this is who I am, so it's going to come out. So I shared that, and I whatever other things I don't even remember the topic. Um, and she came up to me the end of the first day, and said. I heard you were a good trainer. I didn't know you were going to share this gobbledy Christian stuff that I do not buy into at all. And I'm not getting anything out of your session. And then she proceeded to tell me what I should do and what I should say. It was pretty awful. And as I'm sharing it with just my close family at home, they're encouraging me to just, you know, oh, she's just a loser. You don't need to deal with that, which I appreciated because I wanted to be loved and I wanted to be felt. But did you hear the one thing that I, that I said earlier? She said that she didn't believe in all this gobbledygook Christian stuff. The next day, the morning starts. She apologizes. She said she'd had a really rough day. Would I forgive her? Oh, would I forgive her? Now, what did I say earlier? God is the first thing the most important thing to me, am I going to live what I believe? But here's the thing. Look, if I say to her, which I did, well, of course, you know, of course it's fine. But then I have to live that, right? I can't just say, yeah, I forgive you. And then be like, but inside, I really hate your guts. But inside, I'm going to secretly loathe you for the next couple of days. And it was so not easy. But if I say That that is my primary belief. Am I really living it? So listen. I hope you haven't felt like preached at the whole time, uh, because that was not my intent at all. But I'm sharing this with you, and I've shared this across the country for one primary reason. I don't want this boy's death to just go in vain. I want it to be used to help people. I I want to show people the importance of walking the talk and and living the way that we say we believe. But if we don't even really know at the forefront of our minds what we believe and what's most important to us, then we probably won't do it. Are we, and I want us to be leaders. I want us to speak up for what we believe in. I want us to live lives that are full of purpose and joy and love and and relationships. If, if nothing else from every podcast, I hope that's what you get from me. I know this was a difficult story, especially if you have had suicide in your life. It is a story that has affected my son, all of his friends, our family. I know others who have had suicide in their lives that have affected them deeply and always will. But if one good thing can come out of his death, I want it to be that you hear his story and that you make a decision about how you want to live your life. I hope I didn't ramble on. I told you I I didn't really make any notes. I hope that you felt that it came from the heart. Um, I'm sorry if it was hard to hear. I know it was a a pretty deep session, but sometimes that's what we have to do. And that's our time for today. I truly hope you will take the story to heart. You'll do the activity and you'll begin living and speaking your true beliefs and your true values. I hope that you'll pass the show link along to a friend or two. Go on over to TammyWest.com if you want to get information for me to speak at your next event. And also, you will find all the promised um, pictures, info, and links. The monthly giveaway will always come from leaving a comment on the blog there on the website, so be sure to do that. And thank you so much for listening. It really means so much to me. And finally, remembering our mental and emotional well-being goal. I hope that you will renew your thoughts daily, adopt empowering language that prevents verbal harm to yourself and to others, and make positive mental and emotional choices every single day of your life. And until next time, consider yourself hugged.